The Quocast, a status quo fan podcast. My guest on this edition of The Quocast needs no introduction whatsoever. Welcome to the podcast, status quo bassist, John Rhino Edwards. How's it going? Well, you did say I needed no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and then you introduced me. How's it going? I'm good, thank you very much. I'm uh, enjoying stroke enduring. Now, having a pretty good time over this uh, merrily weird Christmas. It has been extremely weird, and it's capped off what is a very strange year. And I should think certainly for you, because at the beginning of the year, you were probably celebrating uh, the success of Crow's Backbone album. You were looking forward to tours and extra bits and pieces. And then COVID happened. What, what was going through your mind when all that started to kick off? When it started off, we, we kind of, you know, everyone knew it was coming. Um, and just before then... Our son, who lives in America, and his wife Claudie, my son Max and Claudie, they had a little, they had a baby, which is our first grandchild. So that's that really blew our mind, really, um, and it sort of got us through lockdown because we were getting videos and stuff every day and just little bits and stuff. And um, my, my daughter May was living at home because she was in between in between properties, if you like, and she was here with her boyfriend, who happens to be my daughter-in-law's brother that's another story but they, she, um uh, but basically we had the first lockdown was with my daughter my wife and my soon-to-be son-in-law and we had a ball we had a great time you know i mean i i, I discovered the um the wonderful joys of elderflower you know we're making elderflower squash and uh and slows, well, it was a long time of year for slows, I found out, but um, it was just, we did lots and lots of walking, you know, which was great. I mean, and it, I live near the airport. It was great to hear no planes. Um, the weather was amazing. We've got quite a large garden. We got a little um, badminton snit up and up. We had an absolute party for three, for three months, I suppose, which is terrible, really, because I know a lot of people really struggle, but the favourite... I think it's called a meme or a gif, I don't know which one, but it said, oh my God, this is the third time this week I've ordered wine for the next two weeks. And that was uh, pretty much us. Um, on the work front, work, I don't like using that word because as far as I'm concerned, I haven't got a job. I'll just, you know, I make a living. I get paid for doing what I love. So no, on the, on the work, that's not the work. The touring side of things, um, it was difficult because, but we made a decision very early on when Francis had accounts his tour after a few, his speaking tour after a few shows, you know, it became apparent this was really big. And we took the decision, I think, at the right time to cancel and not try and do it, for, you know, and not try and do it again. You know, a lot, I mean, so many bands have rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled. Like Francis, I know, has, you know, he's done his, I think he's on his third um, rearrangement of it you know or, or the second rearrangement of it and i to be honest i'm still dubious about that you know but that's up you know that's that's up to him that's uh his deal anyway once it once it was decided that we weren't going to do we weren't that the tour was off as i said which was quite early i saw I it took a bit of getting used to but not much because i um thought okay it's given me a chance to um I spend more time with my family, with my wife in particular. You know, we, we don't, this is the most time we've ever spent together. 
And um, I've only killed her once. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get, you know, and it's been great. You know, I mean, we know each other so well after this amount of time. You know, we rub along nicely. And, um, yeah, the fact that it's been, you know, it's been a, a, basically I've been home now for over a year. Well, I had, my last gig was in January with Rana's Revenge. And, it, you know, it's been okay. I mean, I'm bored with it now. But from what I've seen, you've been keeping yourself busy with the various um, work that you've been doing. You did a solo gig for Save the Rhino. Um, you've done uh, Rockin' the Lockin as well with your family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with varying, varying degrees of success. That, not one I'd recommend the fans to watch. Although, both watching for my daughter, May. Um, but it, it was my, it was me and May, my, my um, Andre, my my soon-to-be son-in-law, right? and uh, we, we decided we were going to do this Bill Withers tribute, and he and uh, he's Afrikaans, so I can't I can't but I can't do his accent. But I said, "How are we going to do this, Andre?" He said, "Well, John, the problem we've got here is I've never ever played a song from start to finish, <laughs> so <laughs> in two weeks he had to learn all these songs, and I tell you, the concentration on his face was because uh, you know." It was just, he, he did brilliantly. He did really, really well. But and the first one was great. The second one got a bit, um, I think we possibly had a bit of cabin fever there. But I've, um, yeah, I've kept myself busy. I've written a few songs. In fact, I've, funny enough, I've finished one today that I've written with Francis. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, I'm sure there'll be many fans excited to hear what that might turn into. You've also um, been supporting lots of other causes as well, because you've just released a new song with your band Rhino's Revenge called Super Smashing Great. How did that come about? Well, I just, I've got so many friends, mainly crew, mainly crew members who um, basically have fallen through the net, you know, on, on the, um, they've not been able to get any grants from the government or anything like that. And, um, I understand, it's not a political song. I understand that the government have to prioritise things. But what, I, but what I do feel is that over the last, well, since they came to power, uh, basically, you know, the arts have been downgraded in their eyes. You know, they're not really that interested, you know. And, and that's, the, and, uh, I mean, uh, to me, that's not, that's not a, um, you know, right on, right on thing. That's just a fact, you know, they don't really care. They don't really care about the arts. They might care about um, theatre and ballet, you know, that more highbrow things because, you know, we're, the government are basically high, that, that, that kind of people. I think that um, grassroots entertainment, which is where the majority of people get their, get their kicks, if you like, has been ignored, really. Not ignored, as I said, it's not... We put it as we are really, really low down the list. I think they, you know, they don't, they don't care about loud music and you know, and people getting really sweaty and, and all that. And um, people getting sweaty—that sounds terrible. I mean, but you know, loud music, lots of noise, people having a really raucous time. I don't think that's—I don't think that's on their radar. And I think they, um, yeah, I thought they were. I think they were—they were one of the. Um, uh, there's a word that rhymes with duck. Um, them, you know, they did to a few, quite a lot of things, you know, um, which is really weird because I looked at the figures and as I said in the song, you know, it it, it brings in, live music brings in billions and, you know, you don't see, you don't see the Ballet Rombert doing six nights at the O2. You know, you, you know, you don't get that kind of thing and, and this is, this brings in shed loads of money and I really do think they don't give a toss about us. Musicians a bit more, I suppose, but it's more the crews of the, the people I, I'm really um, feeling sorry for. And so this this is for a 
crew charity. I've done this in conjunction with the crew charity. If you like, if you hear it, it's on Rhinos Revenge um, dot com or on YouTube. It's called Rhinos Revenge Super Smashing Great. Shameless plug here. If you like it, buy it. It's only a pound. And that pound goes straight to the charity. I think it's called Backstage something, which is a crew charity. If you really want it, if you really like it, press the donate button and give them some money. Because I spoke to the guy at the charity, and he said we are basically putting food on people's tables here. And I know, I know we're not alone, but it, this is this is my my um, specialist field, and so I, I want to do a, you know a little bit I can. I mean, I probably should, I'm not being funny. I probably should be working in a soup kitchen or a food bank or something, you know, like that, like Sir Marcus Marcus Rashford, you know, he's top man. But the differences between Marcus Rashford and me, I read a thing about it, is that he has a serious PR team behind him, as well. If he does something, apart from the fact he's you know got a lot more profile than I have, you know. If I'd done it with a, with a more of a PR team, I'm sure it would have been maybe it would have created a, a tiny ripple. In, but that's fine, you know. I've said my piece, and I won't, you know, I won't stop. I think as long as it raises money, it doesn't matter how big it is. And I, I personally love the song. I love the the words you've managed to capture a moment in time. I love the slight digs at things, and you um, always have this knack of being incredibly direct with your songwriting is something I think you, you tend to do more in Rhino's Revenge. As I said to you before, I can't remember if we were recording or not, but quote, you know, quote, it's, quote, it's good time music. It's people to go and have a party to. And I would like Rhino's, I, I want Rhino's Revenge to be the same kind of thing for the, uh, oh, by the way, we could have socially distanced our tour, no problem, you know. It's never never a problem at Rhino's Revenge. Come along, there's plenty of room. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I, I I like to think that I do. I, I can still do quite a, 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 a kind of cracking tune with, with a, I suppose, bittersweet lyrics. You know, I'd like. I, I have more room lyrically. I mean, lyrics are my thing, really. I'm not saying I'm any good at it. I mean, but I mean, I, you know, I spend a lot of time writing words. It's Harold Pinter once. Somebody said to Pinter once. Do you mind if we mess with your mess with the you know the setting and everything? He said, "I don't care what you do with it, just don't change a word." And uh, I just you know I like I like the lyrics and, and so if you write if you write a song you've got to have something to talk about or you've got to have something with a bit of mystique to it, I think. And um, yeah, I write about things. I I can't go moon in June or don't care. You know doesn't. You know, there's a quote one I don't like, which gets used a lot, which it doesn't matter much to me or something like that. You know, it's like, but it, if it doesn't matter much to you, then why bother? You, have we lost our um, thing here? Are you hearing? Yeah, I can still hear you. And you we're still it? recording. It's fine. Good. You've got a little bit hazy. So you heard all that bollocks. No, it's not bollocks at all. Um, it's very, it's, it's a very good uh, observation. Have you, have you had any um, feedback from people about the song. Super Smashing Great? Yes. Um, well, funny enough, and I, I, I suppose this is my one name drop, is um, I'm quite good friends with Chris, with Chris Wilson from Muse, and I sent it to him. And um, I said, to, you know, what do you think? You know, and he wrote back, it's so brilliant, I've, I've bought it and donated. You know, and that's all. I mean, every, a lot of people that are hearing it that I know I mean, you know, it's really weird with musicians. A lot of music, musician friends might like it, but then musicians would, they never donate. 
You know what I mean? With a cynical bunch of fucking, you know what I mean? You know, oh, yeah, it's really good anyway. Can I get on the guest list? You know, I mean, uh, it, it's really weird like that. I mean, I don't like doing guest lists. I don't like doing guests at Rhino's Events gigs. I don't like doing, I don't mind doing odd, odd, the odd guest at a Quo gig, you know. But I put, there was one guy who sadly is no longer with us. And, and um, he was always my first name on the London guest list because he was skin. And he was a massive Quo fan, but he was a, a pauper. You know, and, and it was the highlight of his year was being able to do able to do that. I mean, no, I'm not big on guests at all at gigs. I think AR is a good example. We played with Shalimar on a few. Um, we did some Aces Revival things, and they were amazing. And um, I got talking to the, the guys, and I met the manager, and I saw they were playing at the Indigo in the O2, and I said, oh, I'll see you at the Indigo. And he was emailing me, you know, so, okay, what time are you getting there? You know, you're on the list. And I said, no, I'm not. You know, and I bought tickets and I went and he said, oh, you've got to come back. I said, no, I don't. And it, they were actually shit. It was just so disappointed. They were really crap on their own gig. Shalomar. But um, no, it's like football. You know, I mean, I could black it. I'm, I'm a big Brentford supporter. And I'm, I think uh, there have been times over the years when I, uh, I've only ever blagged it once, which funny enough, when I took Chris Wilson home there. Um, and I, I, I blagged a... Um, I phoned up my, my a friend of mine is the announcer there, and I, I got um we got into the um the posh bit which in Brentford is hilarious. It's in the old ground. It was awful. It basically, you got a pie and a cup of tea. You know, if you were a celebrity, if you were oh, this is my mate. He's in a massive worldwide band. Excellent. Have a pie. <laughs> you know, which was it was great. It's proper. You know, I just I, I don't like to. I don't want things for nothing. You know, I don't. I just don't like it. I never have. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am the tightest bass player in rock, but I don't. I pay my. I stand my round. You've done so much um, during this uh, this last year, even though it probably wasn't what you expected to be doing. I mean, what is your kind of plan for the very near future? Because I know that you you have reorganised some gigs, haven't you, with Rhino's Revenge? Yeah, we're, we're, I'm talking with Mike Arana, my manager at the moment, um, whether we're going to do it or not. Um, and I leave it to uh, mid-sentence Mike, as I call him, um, because it, it, you know he'll make the call. Um, and it, it's a shame because we've got—we're um, actually, for what it's worth, we're bigger in Europe than we are here. We actually do—we actually don't do that badly. Well, I don't mean that badly. We do quite well in Europe. Um, and I've got a couple of gigs in Austria, I know, and a couple in France, and I think we were talking about Belgium. And Holland, I was very, I was very sad to see. By the way, completely changed the subject. Although it's on the live, the live thing is that the um, all you Quo fans out there, Mark Ellis has bitten the dust in Holland, in Frisia Parland, where I've spent many uh, a loud, drunken evening with a bunch of very tall Dutch people who make you feel so welcome. And unfortunately, they've uh, he's called it. I can't think of his name. But he's called it a day, so Mark Ellis is no more. And those of you that didn't get didn't get there and could have done, shame on you, because it's a shrine to status quo. Did you have you been there? I haven't, no, unfortunately. Well, shame on you then. But no, <laughs> it, it was just you know, it was um, when they they used to they um, I can't think what they used to oh, cross guitars normally in May, and I've played there a couple of times, and it's chaos, organised chaos. Everyone's living in tents uh, or on the or in a hostel somewhere, and um, 
I look at them and think, no thanks, peasants, and I go off to my five-star hotel. No, I don't really. But um, it's just brilliant. You know, it, it, the, the command, that's what I said about Quo fans. You know, the camaraderie amongst them all is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly since I've been doing this podcast and even before at various gigs I've been to, uh, the amount of love there is between Quo fans. Sometimes we have differing opinions about different things, but most of all, you know, we all know that we have an appreciation of this one thing. And and that's what I was going to ask you, actually. Um, you, you say that Rhino's Revenge is quite big in Europe. Well, not big, you know, we play... Well, you know, like, they have a... You have a following in Europe. Do you find how much percentage is, like, Rhino's Revenge fans and how many are maybe Quo fans on the side as well? Oh, no, you know, it's, it's mainly Quo fans. I mean, it's, it's, I don't mean it's been disappointing at all. Um, I would have... I would have... When I was doing this, I sort of would... I, I did hope that it would not break away from the Quo thing, but... but um, get other people along as well. And I still do, you know, I mean, it's not all Quo fans, but um, I suppose that's the, that's the, uh, the, the starting point for it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and credit and credit to them for um, liking what I do. Cause I appreciate that I'm, as opposed to the lead singer, I am the lead shouter. I get that. You know, I, I'm a, that I'm an acquired taster. And, and I think it's, I think, you know, my study, the repeated listening on my stuff is a different thing to quote if you repeated listening on my thing it's a bit more it's a bit deeper i think and i don't mean that i don't mean that makes it any better it's just you know it's it's a bit less primeval primordial whatever the word you know it's not so thumping and the the, the, oh oh, basically not as good (laughs) (laughs) probably not as good as what it is you know but that's fine you know it's it it is what it is, and I and I feel very privileged that I'm, I'm halfway. I'm funny. I'm finishing this song. I'm, I'm over halfway to the um, to inflicting my next album on the world. You know, I've, I'm the songs are start. I've got a few songs starting to come out now. This is quite a. Um, it's going to be quite a noisy record, I'd say. You know, I mean the. the the first, you know, the first one's better than the second one, but the second one was one of the most incredible events of my life. I was going away for ten days with my two sons, and going away to a studio in the middle of nowhere and making a record with them. And the engineer turned around to me once. He said, "You know, I never thought I'd ask this idea someone saying, Dad, what do you think about this drum fill?'" But no, it was just, it was magic. And then I came home and May's doing, and my daughter's doing the backing vocals. You know, so. It may be that the first, the, my first album has um, more seasoned performances, if you like. You know, I mean, some of the guys, the guitar, the guitar player on that album was just incredible. In fact, him and this guy Steve Bird, who's sadly again no longer with us, and Freddie are my two favourite guitar players. Oh, by the way, Francis and Mick taught Freddie guitar. They were his probably his main influences. So when he came to play us, play with us. When he amazingly stepped into the bridge uh, at short notice and did, did, did his run of gigs with, him. he knows where it is. He knows where status quo only works one way, and some tribute bands know it. State of quo, they're pretty good. I think they're uh, on it. Um, yeah, they know where you know. They kind of know where it is, uh, and, and there are some others that don't. And I'm not, detra- I'm, not, I'm not detracting from them at all, but it only works one way. And, and and it's you've got to work out how to do it. When I and it took me it took me a while, you know, 
it took me about eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, I saw States Quo in 1971. I thought, well, this is really simple. But, you know, I've seen so many other bands at the time. I mean, you could have knocked me down with a feather if you thought I'd be in Status Quo, but I'm so fucking thrilled that I am. I, 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 I'm not thrilled, and I don't mean, like, I can't believe my luck, because I've always known that at some stage, some stage of my career, I would, I was going to end up in a name band. And I, when I joined Quo, my career was on a trajectory, on an upward trajectory in a big way. You know, I was starting to do really, really pretty well. And um, when the Quo gig came along, it was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm getting up there now. And then they asked, they said, would you like to join? And after, and I said, yeah, why not? And I, and that was probably the, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Because I've had a ball, and I've got to, I've got to. Uh, I love the the fact that we're not a reliant on trends, or b popular with the media. I never wanted to, you know. I love Groucho Marx, you know. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't join any club that would have me as a member. You know, I always wanted to be in an insular band, like an us against the world mentality. Back. Dexys is not runners for the other band. Oh God, I sound, I'm slurring, but I'm not. Dexys Midnight Runners was another band like that. That was my other favourite thing I ever did, even though I looked like a total twat. But that was part of the image, and I, I've never minded doing that, you know. And uh, I just love that thing, proper attitude for me, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry I haven't interrupted you at any point, but I'm enjoying hearing your musings on on uh, a range no, of different you'll be in for three days <laughs> a range of different subjects there it's, it's very interesting as a fan to hear your take on it obviously the last year uh have you had much contact with um the other members of of quo yeah we've got a whatsapp group which we're on we're all on most days i saw some pictures from andrew today who's down in somerset of the, of the snow out, out outside on his farm um I spoke to Richie last week. Leon, I've not had a lot of contact with. Um, we have emails and texts, but I've actually not spoken to Leon. Not, I mean, although I, funny, I, I know he's he's moved now, so in fact, I've been thinking I must give him a call. But um, where he was living before, I phoned, uh, I phoned a few times, and and apparently the reception there was awful. Well, that, that's what he told me. But um, now I've spoken to Francis lots. Andrew probably the most, you know. I mean, we, we, I'm pretty close with Andrew, and Richie. He's a, Richie's a lovely guy, you know. He's um, I love his enthusiasm, I really do, you know. And I love and I love I love how much he loves it. Yeah, because as we're recording this, uh, it's four years since um, Rick sadly passed away, and Richie has really stepped in, hasn't he? Well, you know, I mean, I mean, I really miss Rick. I can't, you know, I don't, I can't say that. I, I don't mean, I, I, I don't want. I'm not going to say that I. I don't miss him at all because I really do. In fact, you know, in my, I, I think about him most days and about something. He, he had a very um, oblique angle on things and a way we were. So have you got? Have you got one minute? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just be back. I'm just um. No, that's fine. I won't bore you for too long. I'll be back. <laughs> 
And while Rhino takes a short break, let me remind you that you can be a guest on a future episode of the Quocast. Whatever your relationship with the band, you can be a guest on the podcast by emailing quocastoutlook.com. That's quocastoutlook.com. You can tweet at castquo on Twitter or go to the Facebook page, which is just simply the Quocast. Okay, I'm here. Sorry about that. No, that's not a problem. Okay, dokie. Fine. Yeah. So you've had some contact with with um, with Quo over the last year. I mean, uh, what what one thing that I have noticed certainly on Quo social media is you've done a lot more kind of video stuff, um, especially the the Christmas message that you all did yeah. a few days ago. Oh, do you know what? I think we're crap on social media. If it wasn't Richie and Leon, we wouldn't have any. But I can't. I don't think we've even got an Instagram page. I mean, I don't quite. You know, I don't know. I'm old. You know, I don't know any jack shit about social media. I have um, a lovely guy called Chris who does my um, excuse me, social media. <laughs> That's a nice burp, wasn't it? Um, uh, but I know. I don't know anything about it. I just know that. That it's apparently it's incredible that we haven't got an Instagram account. Um, and I do, I read some of the Facebook things and the Twitter, but you know, it's all pretty boring really because there's no input from the band. I mean, I don't, you know, I'd do more if I, if it was required of me, but, um, and I suppose that's, I mean, are, are a lot of Quo fans media savvy as they say? I wouldn't, I honestly can't answer that. No. Um, I, I can't answer that, but um, I have noticed a slight upturn, as you say, since um, Richie and Leon have entered the band. I mean, where does it? Sorry, go on. I oh, know I don't blame her. I'm I'm pleased, you know. Absolutely. I mean, Richie's, you know, Richie's a really is is a really savvy guy. Full stop. You know, he's he's a he's a smart one. That one. I find it a, a shame actually that uh, you guys had to cancel the the tour that was due to be going on last year i think the question on everybody's lips was you were due to play extra tracks from backbone had you finalized anything for that tour beforehand that's news to me okay i didn't know that wow really really because i think there were there were rumors going around that there was going to be up to five tracks in the in the set well these you know, you know, the rumor mill. That's news to me. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, you know, what other tracks would you play? I mean, you know, the, the thing, you, you, you can't, you can't play songs that 100, pe- that 100 people are going to like, you know, it's that's not how it works. Although you can, int- you can introduce songs to people, absolutely, I mean, like we did with <coughs> Company from Slack and Liberty Lane, you know, I mean, we, uh, that was brilliant that we managed to do, you know, that we did that. I mean, it's always nice to play new songs. I mean, funnily enough, there's one song I'm really surprised that we never did, but then it, it, it sort of slid under the radar, which is a song I wrote called Bad News. And I actually think that would have been, that would have actually gone down really well with the, with the, uh, with more than just the hardcore, you know, because it's, that's, that's a, that's a catchy little number, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, it is certainly one of, uh, one of uh, a quo fans. If they're following most of your work, it's, it, it's one of the most popular. And I know that there was a, um, 
a campaign a few years ago to try and get it into the charts because it had been on In Search of the Fourth Chord and there was so so much positivity about it. Um, and of course, you, you'd recorded demos beforehand and it, uh, am I right in saying it was the first original song that you had lead vocals on for Quo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've only done two. You know, it's not rocket science, is it? <laughs> you know, yeah, actually, no, I tell a lie. I actually wrote Centrefold. <laughs> I just gave it to someone else, you know, put it, put it out into someone else's name. Uh, no, yeah, I don't, I've got done another one, have I? You know, I, I just, it came up and, uh, and Francis and Vic didn't like it at all anyway. So, uh, there you go. Do you know what the, the kind of, the feeling was about it? Yeah, like, what's this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and I just said to the pip, I said, I want to sing this. He said, all right, I'll make, you know, no problem, I'll tell him. And they said, yeah, fine. And, you know, don't, please don't get me wrong. Francis, to his eternal credit, you know, did we put the demo out beforehand then? Do you, you'll know this more than I do. Um, well, I, I know that there is a demo circulating. Yeah, I can't remember did, whether it came out before or after. Yeah, because, um, and, and Freddie, I mean, I remember Freddie doing the solo, right? I remember it so well. We were, I was sitting in my little studio room. He came in with the Les Paul that he just got, which Francis and Rick have really helped him out on. That's another story, which I'll tell you afterwards if you want. But, um, um, he came in and he did this. He did this solo, and it was he was seventeen, and it was the first time. And I nearly, I tell you, no shit, I nearly cried. I thought that's Paul Kossoff there at seventeen. It blew my head off. He said, "That's just incredible. This is the song. All right, ready, record, bang. That's the only thing he's ever done on it, apart from playing the rhythm guitar on the, on the demo we did." And um, oh, it's just awesome. It, it, he's done a few solos like that that are just blown me away like I got, how that you know i've i've done well here you know what i mean i've really guided you in a fantastic direction but um he um oh what was I, oh yeah francis um they were doing the album francis tried a couple of solos and he's just he just when i when i went in there one day he said oh you know that song of yours i said yeah yeah he said um he said yeah he said i tried a couple of solos he said, it's not as good as what freddie did let's just leave freddie on it you know, which was great, and, and um, yeah, really, I was, you know, he's good. He's very, um, he's a very fair guy, is Francis Rossi. He is a very fair guy, mad as a box of frogs when he wants to be, but he's, um, he's yeah, he's very egalitarian. You know, if you're in, you're in, and if you if you are in, you get full. Full backing, you know, full heart. You know, and again, that's all I ever wanted to be in. I wanted to be in a band where we all looked for each other, looked, you know, looked, covered each other's backs, so to speak, or whatever the expression is, you know. It's all I ever wanted. And I'm so, that's, that's why I say I've been so lucky to be, you know, to have done what I've done. And I've seen, I'm going to, do you mind if I carry on for a second? No, carry on. Well, it's like, I was in a town in Germany called, it's spelled, I don't know how you say it, it's spelled C-L-A-W. And, and I just walking around, because I do, before the gig, and I look, and it's like Herman Hess. Herman Hess's house. And uh, for, those, for those of you who don't know, he wasn't a Nazi war criminal. He's a, he's a, a writer. 
uh, and a very famous writer. And um, it was one of his books were all the hippie handbooks, you know. Oh, what's it called? Steppenwolf was the big book. And um, it's like, I am in the town. I will never be here again. I've seen this. And if I had, if I had been in another band, like Muse, who will only do arenas, stadiums, you know, festivals, they'll all be, they'll all stay in these hotels and in this fan. And I'm here, and this means so much more to me. And also, and, and also, we're doing a town festival in the town square, which is my favourite show to play, or in some bagging at a club or huge clubs. I don't like it. Arenas, you know, I know that's what big bands do and all that. It, it, and maybe I shouldn't be in a big band. But um, I, anyway, I was there and I just thought, I'm so thrilled that I'm in Status Quo because not only am I going to go and rock my little socks off tonight, I've seen Herman Hesse's house today, you know, and every day has something about it. I always go out from the gig and try and just, you know... What's going on around here then? You know, what's the food like? Oh yeah, or like that? Oh, I go and have a, I think I go and follow that. You know, I'll go and join that queue or whatever. It's just a great way. You know, I, I mean, I'm the luckiest person I know, and not luckiest because of being in state quo. Although you make, it's obviously you know, it's a certain amount of luck involved in anything. But you make your own luck. There's no such thing as luck, really. You just engender being in a certain situation. If that's not the right word either, and I'm not very good with the words today, but never mind. No, that's that's completely fine. I mean, you've um, you've done so much great work over the years with Guo, and of course with your own Rhino's Revenge. You made reference to uh, a, a song you're currently writing with Francis. How does that go? Certainly at the moment where you can't be in the same room as one another. Well, Francis and I write in a quite a weird way. He, he he's a clever, very sharp. He, musical term there. Oh, um, he um, he just knows what makes me tick. He'll send me three or four different bits, and they might be a minute long. Uh, they might be a minute and a half long. They might be ten seconds long, and I might pick five seconds of it. And go, oh right, oh that's cool, oh, that's weird. I mean, we did this song called we, we yeah, cut me some slack that song on Backbone. Well, he sent it to me. And he sent me all, all the riffs for it. And he, the way he and I heard it, he was hearing it on a different beat in the bar to how I heard it. So it, when I sent him back what I'd done, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, and, it, and I, I don't know if you know the story about it, but uh, about my, it was about my missus. I, I sexed her basically to say, cut me some slack because I, I, I okay, she's in, the, she's in the next room, so we have to. <laughs> no, um, I was at, we were in Ulm. We had some days off, and I normally went home. We norm, in the summer. There's normally, for some reason, there's a break in the town called Ulm in Germany, and I'd normally go home for four or five days. But this time, the World Cup was on, and I wanted to do some writing. So I decided I wasn't going to go home, and she wasn't she wasn't best pleased. And um, I was getting um. She, yeah, well, basically, when I phoned up, she said, well, I just don't understand why you, why you come home, you know, why are you home? And anyway, at the end, I just texted her, will you cut me some slack? And um, the phone didn't ring for three days, and I, was, and I, and I were out on tour, you know, and, I'm a, and I was feeling shit at the time as well. I, I wasn't very well, but I said, 
she hasn't done it for three fucking days. You know, I don't know what's going on. And I kept texting her, and I spoke, and I spoke to my daughter. Mum's not talking to you. And I, I said, um, at the three, why are you talking to me? She said, I'm just cutting you some slack. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, that, that's how that song came to be. But so it was great. So he sent me the riff. So there was a real synergy. That's not. I think that might be the right word for that. A synergy between yeah, the, the, what, how the song was written and that thing from Francis. But um. Yeah, he just, he just, he knows that, I did, I did this on an interview recently, and I don't do many, but I did another in-depth one, and what he, what, he, what he does is he just sort of, I'm sitting down with my guitar in my little music room, and I'll play what he's done, and I might play it for over, for weeks, you know, not all the time, by the way, but you know, I'll, I'll go down and I'll play it, and I'll play it, and um, all of a sudden, I might get something from it. Some of it I don't, but then if I don't, it, it's it'll have sent me three or four. One of them would go, oh, hold on a minute. Ah, yeah, okay. And it sends me, it, I'm being a metaphorical here, but it sends me into a room I wouldn't have normally gone in. And so, you know, that's it. And it's great. It's like, and you go in that room, it's like, hello, how you doing? We're good. Shall we work? You know, this is me talking to myself, if you like, you know. Different areas of mind, and, and the one I've yeah, the one I've just finished, which is called "Can't Count Me Out." I've just 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 finished the demo today. That's taken me the best part of a year on and off, and he doesn't even know I'm going to send it to him yet. I, mean, I, 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 I he probably won't like it actually. It's a bit, I think it's probably a bit more one of my songs, but there you go. You know, it's all art. I you know I like I, I I'll never stop trying to make trying to make my. My, as I call them, my shitty little songs. Well, you, you've got so many great songs in in the canon, you know, that you've you've already unleashed onto Quail albums over the years. I'm sure everybody's got their favourite. Do you have a favourite? I've written some shit ones. <laughs> I, wrote, I think I think the, the two worst I've ever written are one's called Going Down for the First Time. And the other one's called The Loving Game. I think The Loving Game is probably the nadir of my of my co-songwriting um, thing. That's really poor, that. Um, do I have any favourites? I said one that got away was I wrote a song called Every Time I Think of You. And it, and um, on, on the same album, funnily enough, as the, and I'm, and Complaining. And I... And, um, I never, never got finished by myself or other or anyone else, and that I thought really had. Um, whilst it's of its time, I really thought that had something about it. Yeah, every time I think of you is is an amazing record, and I think Pip did an amazing job on the production as well. Yeah, but the chorus is weak. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I think, you know, I, I mean, I just love the the line. You know, I wrote a letter, but I threw it away. It's kind of, it's, it's you know, it, I, I like to uh, to do a vignette. Uh, well, no, I'd like to. I mean, I'm not very good at them. But that's a vignette. That's a little story there. But I, but I never wrote the, I never wrote a great chorus for it, and that pissed me off. Um, other songs I really like, round and round. We did a song on um, under the influence. Mm-hmm. I really like under the influence album. Yes. Yeah. Um. There's nothing. There's nothing I don't really like. I, I like Liberty Lane a lot, I, because I think that's got a great lyric. You know, it's, and it's it's just a street round my way. 
And my and it's actually got a very sad story here because I I know that I I'm so aware of the road, of the name Liberty Lane is because my um my niece Liberty was killed when she was seventeen in a car crash, and basically she was named after Liberty Lane because because her mum used to go past and, and and drive around there. She thought oh. You know, and, and she was driving when she was friends. So if it's a girl, I'm going to call her Liberty. So that was uh, really poignant for me because that's a terrible. T- a, oh, you know, it's still terrible for me you know, losing our niece. Was, I loved her so much. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. I was, um, change, I was, yeah. It's strange the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I shall bring it to a close there but um i would like to tell the listeners that super smashing great uh, the newish song from rhino's revenge has been out for a little while now um is available from all good music download places is on spotify as well but as rhino says buy it because um yeah, it's going towards the stagehand covid relief fund. yeah it's only a quid you know give you know give someone give someone a can of soup <laughs> yeah well, um, th- thank you so much, Rhino, for appearing on this episode of the Quocast. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jamie. I, I hope um, I haven't bored the pants off you, mate. No, not at all. Cool. I'd just like to say, with, I don't know when this is going out, but a very happy new year to all you Quo fans. And let's hope that uh, 2001, in fact, I'm going to play you out with the song. Oh, you are? Oh. And I'm going to do what I did for the Quo fan. For the Quo fan, for the Quo website. Hold on. Super Smashing Great, Super Smashing Great. The festive time is here, it's Super Smashing Great. It's been a shit year, now it's time to celebrate. Everybody go, cause it's Super Smashing Great. 2021 will be Super Smashing Great. Super Smashing Great. Lovely. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that. That was uh, that was great. <laughs> Super smashing great. <laughs> <laughs>